You are listening to the Three Up Three Down Sports Podcast. Always remember, be good. Official tenth podcast number ten. Golly, we would have had nine that, that we would have had nine that sucked or nine that were just so spectacular they flew by. Now we're on number ten. I'm going to take the latter of those two. <laughs> I'm so happy to be at number ten. It's a good, like, it's a milestone. Honestly, it's a milestone night. Well, honestly, with most things like this, we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's start a podcast and we'll get one or two and then we just stop. We have steady, you know, forwarded on and we're now at double digits. So I feel happy about that. And we've got some fun things in store over the next 10 episodes that, I mean, we've got some surprises out there that are coming that that are going to make the people happy. So if you're if, if if this happens to be your first episode of the Three Up Three Down Sports Podcast, I'm Chase with my as always co-host Andrew, and we currently have a, a mediocre Instagram page and an above par Facebook group right now and it's a lot of fun to banter with people in those groups we all say the facebook group because again the, the instagram we're not instagrammers yet so we'll get there we'll get there one day but, but we're on the we're on the line we're on the line for two old dudes <laughs> not even that old but we're, we're not quite boomers yet but you know we're we're close we're doing we're pretty dang boomers. good We'll never be boomers. So, we've covered the uh, last dance that ESPN's been airing for the past couple of our podcasts. We'll have this one, and then we'll have one more, because that will conclude the series of The Last Dance, which by far is fantastic. Um, And then we'll get into some real sports, and we'll move on with life. But we're covering seven and eight tonight. Episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance. One through six were spectacular. Five is cumulatively our favorite. Collectively our favorite. Agreeably our favorite. Correct? Am I right on that? Am I right on saying that? We're still in the number five? Five is absolutely the best episode okay. so far. Five was Brought back one. all the feels. All the feels. But tonight we get to talk about the crazy, crazy white-haired, curly-haired guy that whooped up on Michael Jordan in the uh, in the locker room. What was his name? Do you remember his name? Because I never even called his name. No the clue. Guy. But this guy 
made his debut in episode five. Absolute stud. He did. He played quarters. Absolute stud. Which I guess they called it quarters. Uh, from what I gathered, you threw a quarter to the wall and closest without hitting the wall wins. Is that what you got from it? That's what I got from it. So he wagers up with Michael Jordan, you know, the greatest basketball player of all time. He says, hey, I'll beat you in quarters. And he's a scraggly, scraggly little dude with crazy Albert Einstein hair. And I don't know, it was probably 20 bucks maybe. Does that sound right? Uh, it, not, not a lot in Michael Jordan terms. I know that. No. But he beat him, and he just goes, what did he say? He said something like, I'm happy I took your money or something like that. I don't know. But he gave us, he gave know. us like, he, he gave he, a memorable shrug of the shoulders that. He gave him the Jordan shrug. It was awesome. Who does that? Great. I don't know, but I want to play that game. I'd probably whoop your face in that game just like I did in shuffleboard and tennis and everything else we play. So, wow. I can yeah. see your memory is off tonight. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I remember these things vividly. Mm. Hey, I got a tennis court over here that I'm I'm waiting for somebody to come play. The only play thing that you've been reasonably competitive with me at is bocce ball. I'll oh, give I've you bocce you. ball. Killed you at bocce ball. We'll have to do a whole but, podcast on that one night at bocce ball. But tennis, ping pong, shuffleboard, quarters, whatever, you name it, basketball. I'll whoop your ass in horse right now. I disagree. I disagree. Smoking. I'm not giving you tennis at all. You you beat me what one time, maybe twice. Who's got the keychain? Yeah, that's the one time you beat me when we put a keychain up for for grabs. I've absolutely he, beaten you more than you, you call beat it. Me. You call it the championship of all tennis and whatever. Chase, I got a tennis court here that you will. You refuse to come and play tennis with me at my tennis court here. You refuse to come play with me. You keep talking I mean, all this talk, but there's zero walking of any kind of walk. I'll be five beers deep and still be acing your ass in tennis. Tennis court's here. It's waiting just, on you. Yeah, they're chugging your water. I'm tennis court's here. Pumping, I'm pumping Steve Weisers in, running <laughs> your butt all around the court. H2O is – is the elixir of life, baby. It's the elixir of life. So, Man. moving on to more important topics than me beating you in these sports. There was a very, uh, I, I deemed it somewhat unsettling and controversial uh, assumption that when Michael Jordan retired or went on leave or whatever, to go play baseball, uh, they, he, he had been really dealing with gambling a lot. And, you know, he, he uh, I think it was one game in, in New York during the playoffs, I'm assuming against the Knicks or the Nets in Jersey. Which one was it, Knicks or Nets? I think it was the Knicks because he drove okay. to Atlantic City with his yeah. dad. Yeah, so he wanted to get out. His story is he wanted to get out, clear his head, uh, get out of the whole city and all that kind of stuff. It was. It was because he was in the city. Went to Atlantic City. He said he got back by midnight. Reporter said he got back by three. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. 
And anyway, they come back, they play the next day, and they lose. And the media erupts saying, you know, he should have been prepping for the game, resting. He said, I was prepping. This was my way of relaxing, getting my mind off all the stress. Back and forth and back and forth and blah, blah, blah. They lose, you know, and – you know, I, I, I get it, but it, it kind of snowballs into into this Michael Jordan's got a gambling problem. Uh, and he gives the the uh, very cliche, stereotypical, I, I don't have a gambling problem response of I can quit whenever I want to. <laughs> and I did kind of laugh at that because it's pretty much the, 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 the gambler's response That's- to do you have a problem. That is any addict's response to someone recommending that they quit. So, uh, you know, I think he said, I have a, I can't remember what he said. He said, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a uh, competition. Competition. Yeah. So I'll give you my, my point of view on this is, do I think he had some, some form of gambling problem? Absolutely. Was it to the point where he was squandering all of his money away at the blackjack table? No, because he had so much of it. Um, did it interfere with his basketball? What do you think? I, I don't think so. And <sighs> I I see Michael's point. So if you go back to that series with the Knicks where he went to Atlantic City with his dad, stayed out till 12, 1 in the morning. Uh, and and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on, on pieces of why I think it does not matter a little later on. But Michael was going through some, some serious – issues around that time with the media where the media was trying to turn Michael heel. He had become this beloved basketball player. And then like any true hero, you start looking for faults. Right. And the media starts questioning him on his faults. And there had been some buildup on there. Uh, one thing that we have not, we did not touch on was, you know, Michael taking a political stand with the, uh, I think it was the Senate race in, in North Carolina that time where there was a, a very, I mean, it, I think it was the incumbent was flat out a racist. Uh, and maybe this was earlier, like 1990 or 92. Um, where the guy was uh, just a flat out racist. He had a challenger who was a progressive uh, African American. And they thought that Michael, an endorsement from Michael Jordan, would just set it over the edge. Well, Michael took the stance of, well, Republicans. Republicans buy sneakers too. And so I think this is the point where the media really, really changed a little bit on, on Michael and, and where Michael started seeing this, this kind of turn. And so we're going back a couple of episodes on this 
that kind of led up to to what we're talking about now. And so Michael makes this offhand comment on the bus that someone runs with that you know Michael said you know Republicans buy sneakers too. He's saying that offhand is a joke, and that gets blown up out of proportion. Well, to me, I think Michael did the right thing. I want my I want my sports. Um, I want athletes. I, they're there to entertain me, not to tell me how to think or how to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, this situation was probably a little different because the the incumbent was was a scumbag. Um, mm-hmm. But Michael took the stance of I, I'm not I'm not getting into politics. I'm gonna make a donation to this guy's campaign. Um, but I'm not going to come out and just give an endorsement because I don't want to divide my fans and, and bring politics into this whole thing. So say what you want about it. I, I it, it's Michael's choice. He, he made that decision and, and that's, that's fine and good. And I, I I can't say what's what's right or wrong. I don't know how how I would act in the in the same situation. But then you start going into the media and into '94, and and they start grilling him about gambling and his decisions to, you know, on the golf course and you know you've got the the, the quarters in the locker room and the media starts grilling Michael about gambling. Mm-hmm. Michael doesn't think he has a problem. He doesn't understand what's wrong with it. He's the most competitive guy in the NBA. He does yep. more prep. He does more practice. He works harder than anybody. He motivates others around him more than anybody else does. So why are you going to sit here and question me what I do in my free time? What little yep. bit I have. Yep. When I come to the court, putting up points and getting wins more than anybody else. Who are you to that's question on, me? That's honestly, a, I mean, in my opinion, is a great point and should kind of be the hammer on all of it, the nail in the coffin on all of it, because he does. His leadership is second to none. His determination is second to none. His drive for the game is second to none. And so like you just said, with the very minimal free time he has, free social, personal time that he has, why are you questioning what he's doing? If he says he doesn't have a problem, and and what it affected, it affected one game. I mean, I'm sure it's a big game. And to him, he didn't want to lose it. Well, and, but he and, brings, and look, so... So what, what this leads to is – and there's been a conspiracy theory for, for years – is why did Michael leave basketball? Was he suspended or did he just leave? Was it a secret suspension or was he sick of it? And what the last dance gives you is he was sick of it. He, he, he was, was going through it. issues – you know, he lost his dad, and, and that affected him. We knew it affected him, but it affected him more than, than, than we, we probably thought at the time. Mm-hmm. His dad wanted him to play ba- baseball, and, and, 
and quite honestly, he's a pretty good baseball player. Mm-hmm. And so in the last dance, they come out and say, you know, they interviewed David Stern, who was the commissioner at the time. They asked Jordan, and they say, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. And so I do think one of the faults of the last dance, and, and, and a lot of the content is dictated by Michael, so you kind of have to take it with a, a, a grain of salt because you don't get any other perspective. You, you had mm-hmm. other articles being written in that time and no one else was really, really interviewed giving another perspective. Michael says, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's crazy. Look at how I was being treated. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was tired of dealing with the grind of <clears throat> being Michael Jordan. David, personally, David, I feel, Stern's I like, David Stern's like, this was my cash cow. Why would I want mm-hmm. him? I'm not suspending Michael Jordan no. because of his no. off-the-court gambling. No. I mean, it's – and that's typical media. You know, they got, you know, you have to find something. Got to find something. He was too good, and there had to be some, some dirt. He had to be human in some, in some way. But – What we don't yeah, hear – what we don't hear about is how did Michael do in Atlantic City that night? I don't know. Did he win? Did he lose? I'm going to say, based on the game the following day, he didn't do too hot. <laughs> I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know. But so this kind of leads into I mentioned hey, Chase, a minute hang, ago. Hang on just a sec. I'm getting a little fired up talking about Jordan leaving and getting and gambling. Hang on just oh, a second. Let me calm down. Hang on, let me calm down. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna come up with some kind of like build-up music that can introduce that little bitty every time. Maybe I can play the Folgers Coffee <sighs> commercial. Best part of waking up. Is Steve I like it. In your cup. Well, Steve was. Don't get me one of them big old blue Steve Weisers. What'd you say to John tonight on the Facebook page? It looks like a, what'd you say? A, 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 a bee with his pajamas on. What is it? Uh, a, a, a bee minus all snuggled up in his. <laughs> <laughs> and I really can't wait to get him on one of these shows. He said his time's coming. So. John completed the, count, the, the countdown clock started. It's coming. We're in double digits. It's big old John time. He completes he completes the, the whole three amigo concept here. And he, he really makes this dynamic what it is, but you know, until we can get that boob on here and, and he's he is part of the three and three up, three down. He is. He is. Otherwise it's just two thirds. So, hey, all right. so, yep. You go. You talk. You say something. You were going to say something. Go ahead. I'm not stopping you now. So here's one of the one of the big highlights of of episodes seven and eight that that I'll I'll say is a, a takeaway. You know. So Jordan leaves and goes play plays baseball, and he's a 31 year old rookie. The White Sox sign him. Jerry Reinsdorf owns both the Bulls and the White Sox, so it keeps him in, you know, Chicago-related. 
and they assign him into double A. And most rookies do not go to double A. And so 31-year-old Jordan hadn't played baseball probably since high school, goes to double A, goes to spring training with the White Sox. And and I can't remember who said it. Um, oh, Tito. Tito Francona was the, the Barons, uh, was the Barons coach. So Michael's playing for the Birmingham Barons, the White Sox double A affiliate. And um and Terry uh, not um oh gosh. Yeah. Um I don't have a clue. So so the Barons coach at the time says, uh, you know, look, Jordan, you know, he hit two, a little over 200 with 50 RBIs, a bunch of stolen bases. You know, give this guy, you know, 1,000 thousand at-bats, and he would have made it to the majors. And so the, the takeaway from that to me is Jordan has this mindset um, – that he is going to he is going to succeed given enough time to put towards something he is going to be successful at it and there's a couple of examples of, of kind of his his determination and and leadership and self-motivation within these two episodes that, that we really see in more so than any other. Like we know that he's got it, but this is a, a an it factor to the nth degree that most athletes don't have. It's the difference between being good and being great. And so he goes out, tries baseball, pretty good at it. Year and a half in, he's like, I got the itch. And he starts going around to Bulls practices and he goes back with the team in 95. All right, they go to the playoffs in 95, and Jordan just doesn't have enough time to get his feet underneath him, and they lose to the Magic in 96. Or in, in 95. Is this, they lose is this when he had the, the, the 45 number? Yep. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. Yeah, he came back came back with 45, and Nick Anderson, you know, with the Magic. So, also, another, another point, I love that Magic team so much. Um, loved that magic team. So when Jordan left, I adopted the magic as my, as my little basketball team there. Penny Hardaway, okay. Shaq, Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott, Horace Grant. I I'm like, I, I mimicked that team in my backyard, you know, playing Andrew on Andrew basketball. I think I, had that a, team. I, I think I had an Orlando got, magic starter jacket. I, the magic because they were they were fantastic. I went on a uh, on a baseball trip in high school to Orlando. We were on a plane. I saw Dennis Scott. No one knew who the hell Dennis Scott was on that plane. I'm like, that's Dennis Scott. That dude pops trays. I got his autograph on a Delta napkin. <laughs> I still don't know. Who I love Dennis, Dennis Scott. So I'm with you. Um, yeah, but but Nick Anderson made a comment. You know, 45 and 23. Pretty good little comment. But Jordan kind of stuck that in his back pocket. They lose. And um, and so you, you, you then see him come back the next year. 
And he's looking around at all these guys on the team. He's like, who the hell are these guys, man? I've got Pip, but I've got Rodman, but man, these other guys, they're riding, they're riding the coattails of our three Pete. They didn't mm-hmm. do shit. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's like to go in and, and win a championship. They just know what it's like to be on the Bulls and the mystique of the Bulls. Was Kerr on this team? Jordan. So Steve Kerr. So they're in a practice, and and Steve Kerr is guarding Jordan. That's and, right. That's right. I love this moment. I love this moment. And this is fantastic because Kerr is – A foot shorter than Jordan probably. I mean, he's the little white guy on the court that, that just tries his damn hardest. And he's a little frustrating guy, and he can shoot because, of course, he can shoot, right? Well, so Phil Jackson starts calling these ticky-tack fouls on Michael Jordan guarding Steve Kerr, and Michael gets pissed. Starts yelling at Kerr a little bit, and, and, um, and Kerr goes up, and Michael fouls the shit out of him. And Michael said, we're going to call a foul. That's a fucking foul. Mm-hmm. And Phil kicks him out of practice. Yep. And and so no, no, no. That's not why he got kicked out of practice. He 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 throws the foul. So they start the oh, yeah, altercation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Steve Kerr punches him in the chest or something like that. And and, he, and Michael Ross MJ. Him. Rares back and just clocks him in the chin, in yep. the jaw, yep. in the chin, in the cheek, whatever. That's just, right. just then he gets kicked out of the of the practice. That, you're right. And so after practice, Phil walks you know, walks in the locker room to hold Michael. On, and Michael, hold like, on, hold Michael's on, like, hold on, I know. Hold on. Can you imagine saying for the rest of your life you punched Michael Jordan in the chest? I mean, it is Steve Kerr. Yeah. So up in the face would have been kind of a an uppercut. He had to hit upwards to get there. So the chest was probably more eye level. But can you imagine saying for the rest of your life you punched Michael Jordan and then he punched you back? All right, go but on. This just... is, but this is the beauty of Michael. So so Phil walks in the locker room and Michael just immediately goes, "Man, I know." Mm-hmm. Phil didn't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Michael knows. And Michael's sitting there just going, dude, I just I just picked on the little guy. Like the the today, smallest guy on the team. Sued, a, put I'm in jail, everything else. I'm a dick. Mm-hmm. And so Michael calls Steve. They talk it out. And to Steve Kerr's credit, that is what Michael looks for in his players. He is looking to, to motivate his other guys in, in, mm-hmm. in, in really aggressive ways, um, borderline abusive ways in this case. And, but Steve stood up to Michael. And he said and from so that now, point on, Michael knows he can, perfect. Michael knows he can go to battle with Steve Kerr. Yep. That guy competes like I want to compete. Mm-hmm. Had Steve Kerr just took it, <laughs> Michael would have ran all over him the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael ain't gonna trust Steve Kerr to go make a three at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the at the end of a game. And and then you get Michael at the end of episode seven, 
And can can we can we roll the clip of Michael at the end of episode seven? Let's roll it. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break. This clip shows just how much the guy cares. So the end, end of end of that episode, that clip we just listened to, and the end of eight are two of the most emotional endings to really any kind of documentary, really, but especially this one. You know, Seven shows how emotional he is for the game itself. You know, and he had a quote and, somewhere. And, I don't know if it's how, go ahead. And then how he leads, because if you can't come out and play the game with the same intensity as he plays, then you what are you out there? He said a quote. I can't remember if it was in seven or eight. I don't know where it was, but he said, I think it was in, the, in, in episode eight. But he said, if you block out three hours of your day to watch me play basketball, he said, I'm going to give you my best. He said, I'm not, he said, I can't go out there and give you anything less than my best. And I'm like, you know, a very small percentage of humans on the planet today even have anything close to that kind of thought process when they do something. You know, the appreciation for the fans, the appreciation for the game, the appreciation for himself, that whole trilogy right there <clears throat> um i mean again it's why he's, it's why he's the best we said that today talking but, i said it's why he's the best then he takes that to a whole nother level and, and so talk about self-motivation for michael so you've got an example two examples coming up so one la bradford smith I've never heard of LeBradford Smith until watching The Last Dance. Couldn't I've tell you who he was, who he played Smith for. Until you just said his name five minutes ago. And 10, 20 minutes this ago. dude playing for the, the, the Washington Bullets. And, and I don't know if they were playing in Washington or Chicago, but he puts up like 37. He just – he has one of those nights where he can't miss. And Michael was off that night. And LeBradford Smith, who we've never heard of, puts up 30-some-odd points on, on Michael. And the Bulls end up winning the game by, like, seven, eight points. And at the end of the game, LeBradford Smith goes up to Michael and goes, good game, Mike. And you would have thought LeBradford Smith 
kick Jordan's dog. <laughs> like he like he spit in his face. And it just so happened that the Bulls turned around and played the Bullets on the opposite court the next night. And Jordan on the flight over, you know, he's telling the guys, hey, you know what, watch this. What he what he put up in the game, I'm going to have by halftime. He did it. He took, he took a comment by this guy. They won the game and took a comment by this guy where he says, good game, Mike, and turns it into this, like, like, who – who is this to tell me good game when you put 30-some-odd points on me? Mm-hmm. How dare you? That's his drive, it man. That's his drive and his... motivation. They, they are just – that's a different level of, of, of self-motivation and, and care that, that, that athletes – some athletes, very few athletes have. If, I mean, Jordan is a rare breed, but that is turning up turning motivation to the nth degree. And that's what, the like I next said, that's example, what him... Go ahead. So then you go into the, uh, the, the, the playoffs. And again, we talked about losing to the magic in 95. Well, they played the magic in the, I think it was the Eastern conference finals in 96 mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And B.J. Armstrong, he's, he's on the Magic. He was on the Bulls' three-peat team. I love B.J. Armstrong. He looks mm-hmm. he looks the exact same today as he did 20, however many years ago, 25 years mm-hmm. ago. He still looks like he's 12. And the Magic, again, I love that Magic team. But B.J. in game two has one of those games. And, and at the end of the game, you know, B.J. puts up, yeah, I mean, you know, 30-ish points that game, and he kind of hits a game winner towards the end. And he knew all these Bulls guys, and he hits that shot at the end, and he looks at the bench, and he screams in jubilation, and he lets them know about it. And it didn't happen again. You know, so so Michael takes that that motivation of Nick Anderson making the comment, you know, forty five and twenty three from the year before, BJ hitting the shot, showing them up, and they dominate the rest of the series. They go on win, and you know the the press conference afterwards. You know, they ask, you know, was it was it a little sweet getting retribution on the Magic, and and Jordan just kind of brushes it off, but you know, damn good and well because he says it with a smirk. He freaking loved it. You know it was. You know it was. Without a doubt. Because he said he was going to do it, and he did it. Without um, a doubt. And, and so then they go on to face the, uh, the Seattle Supersonics in the finals that year. Mm-hmm. And which again was a great Sonics team. They had Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Detlef Shrimp. Great basketball name. Um, mm-hmm. But that, it was a very good basketball team, coached by George Carl. And <laughs> so Michael, he's out to eat with 
I think it was Ahmad Rashad. He's out to eat with Ahmad Rashad, mm. and he sees George Carl in the restaurant. I remember this. And and George Carl didn't go up and say hey to Michael. And Michael well, right was like, what in the hell, man? How dare you not say hey to me? Uh-huh. I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and takes George Carl not saying hello to him and uses it as this self-motivation. To stomp on them. To, to propel himself and his team to a championship. How you take those small moments in time that I promise you George Carl had no ill intent. I promise you LeBradford Smith had no ill intent. I don't think B.J. Armstrong had ill intent. It was excitement. But Jordan used that to motivate himself. And that ability to motivate oneself is what separates Michael Jordan and what makes him the goat. He is in without question. In basketball. He is without question. And so, so I, I I loved uh, I I mean I, I enjoyed these two episodes. The the seven and eight episode. It was really the end of eight, you know, with him winning the championship without his dad there and the emotion that was there. You know, that one hit home for me on this one. But it was, I mean, that was, I mean, that was as good of an ending uh, for an episode, I think, as as you could have. It it showed, again, what that game means to him. So, I'm I'm pumped to hear, to see the final two. The last, the last two. Nine and ten. I'm excited. Conveniently, air. Sunday night. And what, so. you know, what, what we haven't even really seen, and, and I love how they jump back and forth, <clears throat> but we finally get to see that culmination. We get to see the final shot in 98. Yep. yep. Uh, it, I, I'm really looking forward to the finale here and, and seeing how they tie everything in because they've done a great job of building it's been the fan. story it's been awesome. over these eight episodes. It's been awesome. I love how they jump back and forth. It's been awesome. So, all right. So, nine and ten are coming up. We'll talk about them. They'll be good. Uh, all right. Two-minute warning. Two-minute drill here. I want to talk about Tyson and Holyfield. Because the big news that's come out is the two old dudes, the two old boxing legends, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. First off, Mike Tyson posts this, this tweet, this short clip video of him just smashing on a bag. And then he looks up at the camera and says, I'm back. Click. And it goes out right there. And so the Twitterverse goes nuts and says, Mike Tyson's back. He's looking for a fight. <laughs> well, then a day or two later, if Andrew Holyfield comes back in, in kind of in a, in a, in a mocking, res- responsive gesture, does a similar video and announces that, you know, He's good to go too. <laughs> Whatever. He's, I don't know, 60, 55, 60. They're both close to that, I think. And so now there's some form of agreement that, that they're going to fight each other. Except Evander Holyfield says now that he, you know, and it's, it, I mean, I get where he's coming from. 
they're older. Their bodies are not going to take punches like they used to. He said, you know, no knockout. Let's just show them that we still got it. What, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Where, how do you take that? You want them to beat the crap out of each other and knock them out? Or you like Evander Holyfield's comment there? After watching my, so I haven't watched the video of Evander Holyfield training, but after watching the video of Tyson training, <coughs> if Tyson has to fight where he can't knock someone out, I'm not sure that I want to see it. Let me tell you something. Because Tyson I, I, I looks saw, ready to go. I saw Evander Holyfield's video, and he looks fit, and he looks in shape, but it's just it's not on the level of Mike Tyson. And I think I want to see him swing. I want to see him go for it. And I want to see Mike Tyson just – I mean, if, if they go all out, Mike Tyson will destroy him. And I'm I'm in either way. Even if they're they're you know fighting. Oh, not, I'm watching not, it. Not, I'm not, watching I, it. I am watching, but I really want to watch if it's just if it's it's pay-per-view, which I'm assuming it will be. I'm paying. What happens? We're happens. watching that. We're watching it, and I hope they go for it because that'll so be an I epic see, fight. There was a, a an image posted where uh, where the fight was going to be in in Saudi Arabia. Which so, which is brilliant for these two guys because it would be a huge money grab for them. And uh, the Saudis, they they would the princes will 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 pay them a, a hefty little price to have that fight. Yeah, Holy Holy said, especially if the money's right. Uh, the, <laughs> I think the money's going to be there. And, they, need and a, they need a paycheck. They need to. They should do it. People would watch. It would. It would get a large number of buys. We would be one of them. It'd be awesome. I I, I want to see it, and and I I want to know what the line is on it. Give me a line on on Tyson Holyfield. I'm taking Tyson. You talking rounds? I don't care. I'm taking Tyson for the win for the whatever. Tyson will win that fight. I do too. I mean, it, again, but it's hard to pick something because it, you know, are they going to have knockouts? They're going to have knock. If they're not going to have knockouts, it's going to go forever. You know, it's going to go a full, uh, a full thing. But I, I mean, I, I'll, I'm taking Tyson on that. I don't care if it's minus two hundred. I'm taking Tyson on that one, <laughs> which is probably what it'll be close to it. So, all right, that's ten. Speaking man. of knockouts. That is 10. Let's put her down for the count. That is 10 rounds down. 10 rounds of podcasting down. Good Guess discussion. What? Guess what? Let's get big old John in there next time. I'm ready for big old John. I'm, I'm almost going to say we're not doing episode 11 unless he's on it. So we could force him to listen to this and then tell him we're not doing another one until he's on it for 11 bring him in bring him in for the finale of uh last dance and 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 carry on from there has he even watched it yeah absolutely okay oh yeah he's the one who, who told us that we need to watch it okay yeah we need big juan in here 
Juan, I'm calling you out. It's, it's your time. Let's go. Countdown's over, son. All right, my friend. Until next time. Peace. We're out of here. just listen to the three up three down sports podcast click the link to subscribe and you can find us on instagram at three up three down sports until next time be good or be good at it